Hi, it's Kanika, and I'm back with a brand new season of That's Total Mom Sense, where I interview parenting experts, world-renowned thought leaders, best-selling authors, and trailblazing entrepreneurs on their incredible life stories and mom sense experiences. Hi, I'm Gabby Bernstein, and you're listening to me on That's Total Mom Sense. It's me, Bobby Brown, on Total Mom Sense. Can't wait to share my story. Hi, I'm Dr. Lisa, and you're listening to me on That's Total Mom Sense. Pandemic or not, these episodes will inspire you to make every single day count. Episodes release on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Join my tribe and subscribe wherever you listen so you never miss an episode. Evergreen has a lot of meanings to me. First, I love that green is in the name. You know, we flavor all of our waffles with just fruits, vegetables, nuts, and spices. So I like that it, you know, evokes that there's some freshness in there. I also think it's kind of fun, you know, like the evergreen tree stays green and vibrant through the frozen months. And it's a frozen product that has all these fresh ingredients in it. So I thought that was fun. As moms, we often wonder, am I doing enough for my kids? I'm here to tell you, you are super mama. That's because we have an undeniable superpower, our intuition, and it never steers us wrong. I call it our mom sense. Hi, I'm Kanika Chadda Gupta, and I'm the host of That's Total Mom Sense. I'm a journalist, entrepreneur, wife, and mom of three, twins plus one. Now, if I had a dollar every time I heard, gee, you have your hands full. On my podcast, I interview influential moms from various industries and cover topics that all first-time parents grapple with, from getting your baby to sleep to screen time allowance, your new normal in your marriage, and how to dedicate time to yourself. Learn and laugh along with that total mom sense. As many of us are homeschooling our kids or managing their hybrid school schedules, along with our own workday, We're all scrambling in the mornings. Breakfast is undoubtedly the most important meal of the day as our kiddos are breaking their fast of perhaps 12 hours of sleep beforehand. So we want to give them foods that are satiating and nourishing. Today, we're talking to a female and mom founder, Emily Grodin, who's helping make breakfast a little easier and a lot healthier. Her company is called Evergreen, and they specialize in waffles. Evergreen features miniature waffles made with 100% whole wheat, no refined sugar or dairy, and flavored only with fruits, vegetables, nuts, and spices. Varieties include banana peanut butter, mixed berry almond, matcha chocolate chip, zucchini and carrot, and pumpkin and pecan. The products are available to purchase online and in whole food stores throughout the Midwest. As a working mom, Emily Grota needed a quick and easy breakfast for her toddler, but was not willing to sacrifice quality, nutrition, or taste for convenience. She launched the company in early March 2020, which was the peak of the pandemic. Emily originally created Evergreen for her own family, and she's now on a mission to clean up the frozen waffle category, carried in more than 45 Whole Foods markets locations across the Midwest and counting, Evergreen is rapidly growing a loyal base of health-conscious consumers who appreciate the clean ingredients, nutritional benefits, and delicious flavors. From day one, Emily has focused on embedding philanthropy and social responsibility into our brand's DNA. Evergreen currently makes monthly contributions to the NAACP Legal Defense Fund and ongoing food donations to the Common Pantry in Lakeview, 
a nonprofit dedicated to combating hunger and food insecurity in Chicago neighborhoods. Prior to founding Evergreen, Emily served as general counsel for the Alinea Group, owner of the only three Michelin star restaurant in Chicago, and Talk, an industry-shifting reservation platform. Before her pivot into the hospitality industry, Emily practiced law at Kirkland and Ellis as a corporate associate focused on mergers and acquisitions and worked for Analysis Group, an economic consulting firm in Boston. A lifelong athlete with a passion for food, Emily was a Division I swimmer in college, is an Ironman finisher and Boston Marathon qualifier, and a recipient of the Level 1 and Level 2 awards in wines through the Wine and Spirit Education Trust. Emily graduated cum laude from Yale College and Harvard Law School. She currently lives in Chicago with her husband and daughter, Riley, Evergreen's number one fan. Welcome to the show, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. You have such an amazing life story. <laughs> Thank you. You do. You do. Um, tell us what it was like growing up. I want to start with your childhood. Sure. I grew up outside of Chicago, which is where I live now. I was always an athlete, and I think that's where my love of food came from. You know, played every sport under the sun, but really focused on swimming. Swimmers train up to five hours a day from a young age. I was doing that, you know, from 12 on. So I was always hungry, always thinking about my next snack, my next meal. And I just loved it. So I, I think that I think that's where the focus on food came from. Tell us about your, you know, just academic background as well, because, you know, not only were you a D1 athlete, you know, you went to such prestigious colleges. So what did you study? Sure. So I went to Yale for college. I was recruited to swim there. I was a psychology major and for a long time thought about going into clinical psychology, but I had always had this inkling towards the law. There, there are a lot of lawyers in my family. So I decided that, you know, while I loved my studies in psychology, that might be more of a hobby. Books I like to read on the side and decided to pursue law school. So I graduated from college. I did one of the typical post-college paths. I did consulting for three years, um, actually met my husband at the consulting firm. And then we both ended up going to law school at Harvard. And when I started, I was convinced that I wanted to be a corporate lawyer. I wanted to focus on mergers and acquisitions and corporate governance. So I stacked you know, the first two years of law school with every corporate class that Harvard had to offer. And by the time I got to my third year, I had all these extra credits to play around with. And Harvard has this food law and policy clinic. You know, it's, it's kind of a, a blend between school and practice. To me, it sounded like what could be better for an aspiring lawyer who loves food than to study food law and policy. So I spent a good portion of my third year in the clinic and just loved it. My work focused on two main areas, food insecurity and food waste. But as part of that, you know, we studied things like preservatives and additives and sugars and all the ways that kind of big food companies were sneaking those into their processed foods where you least expect to find them. So I graduated from law school, moved to Chicago. And I joined, as you mentioned in the intro, Kirkland and Ellis, which is a wonderful law firm. I really enjoyed my work. I loved the people that I worked with, but I was finding that like every minute outside of the office, 
I was spending doing something food related. So mm. I'd started to cook and bake a lot. And a lot of that was motivated by what I'd learned in the clinic about all the extras that were being snuck into the foods that I was buying at the grocery store. So as much as I could, I was making everything I could from scratch. And I was also trying to soak up everything I could about food through books and through TV. So uh, one night I was sitting on my couch and I turned on Netflix, Chef's Table. They've had several seasons at this point. Each episode focuses on a chef and or restaurant that has, you know, somehow changed the game in the restaurant world. I, you know, was scrolling through the episodes and there was an episode on Alinea and, and Chef Ackett, who is the, the head chef there. And Alinea at the time was a few miles from my house. I'd never been. It is uh, currently the only three Michelin star restaurant in Chicago. And I was so inspired by the beauty of the food and the passion of the chefs and the creativity that by the end of the episode, I opened my computer, I Googled Nick Kakonis, who co-founded the restaurant group with Chef Ackett's, found his email and sent him a cold email, essentially asking if he needed a lawyer. I think part of the reason I had the courage to do this was because I thought I would never hear back from him. Okay. <laughs> but much to my surprise, he wrote back about 15 minutes later. And within a couple of weeks of that, I had been offered the role of general counsel at the Alinea Group, as well as Talk, which is a reservation software that was co-founded by Nick Konis. So he kind of owns the two companies. So it was quite the jump from Big Lot and one that I certainly wasn't expecting to take. But I mean, truly a dream job for a lawyer who loves food. But what turned out to be really transformative for me was the mindset that Nick and Jeff Ackett's and the leadership teams of both companies had, which is constantly to question the status quo. So the Chef's Table episode that I watched references that, you know, when they were opening Alinea, one of the questions that they were asking was, why are we restricted to putting food on plates? You know, why can't we plate food outside of plates and be able to use our creativity that way? And one of Alinea's most famous dishes is their dessert where the chefs come out kind of in a parade and it's usually choreographed in music and they plate the dessert right on your table. It looks like a piece of art and it's also incredibly delicious. I was pushed every single day by Nick to constantly think, you know, could I do this better? Could I do this more efficiently? Could we find a more cost-effective way to accomplish this goal? And I hadn't realized how much that had sunk in and affected me until I was driving home from work one day in late 2017. And I was listening to Surprise, Surprise, a food podcast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they were talking about the frozen breakfast market and how big it is and how it is still so dominated by that one brand that we all know really well um, that I won't name here. And I immediately found myself asking why, as I had been trained to do by Nick, you know, why hadn't anybody else come in and disrupted this market yet? And was there something that I could do about it? I uh, had a personal stake in this matter too, because at this point we were starting to try to have a family and I had friends and family who had already had families. So I knew that toddlers eat frozen waffles. (laughs) I wasn't going to want to give my future daughter this brand. And I certainly wasn't going to have time as a working mom to make her waffles from scratch every morning before I went to work. So I needed a better option. So I 
got home. I literally, as soon as I parked my car, I took out my phone and I Amazon primed a mini waffle iron. You know, it arrived two days later and I started kind of casually playing with recipes on nights and weekends. Wow. Oh my God. That's so cool. And so that's how you came up with what essentially is evergreen, the ingredients and all of it was in your, in your kitchen. First, it wasn't a super serious venture. I was thinking about it um, and was playing around, but you know, fast forward to August, 2018, uh, we had our daughter. And when I went back to work in November, 2018, I had, you know, a handful of recipes I felt really good about, but I quickly realized that when you are a working mom of a newborn, you no longer have nights and weekends to pursue side hustles necessarily. And so if I wanted to take this further, I was going to have to carve out more time for it. So in January of 2019, I walked into Nick, my boss's office and just said, point blank, you know, Nick, I would like to start a frozen waffle company. Can I drop down a part-time? But he did But he said, sure, if you can get our work done in three days a week, you can do whatever you want with the other two days. So that's awesome. You know, at that point with my newfound time to work on, on Evergreen, I hired a design company to design our packages. I started calling manufacturers very naively thinking that, you know, I would just call someone, tell them I made waffles and they would agree to take me on and start making my waffles for me. I had the same conversation over and over and over again. Every co-packer said, call us back when you have customers. (laughs) So it, it became quickly apparent that I was going to have to start making them myself if I wanted to actually bring them to market. So I got certified to work out of a shared commercial kitchen and started producing just over a year ago um, in very in late August of 2019. Wow, that is incredible. You know, tell us about what it was like in those early days as an entrepreneur and a new mom. Definitely challenging. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it took longer than I had thought to be able to find a share a commercial kitchen and be able to start producing. And I remember I was really glad that there was the delay because I had originally thought I was going to have to like time out pumping like in the middle of the day. And I wasn't sure like I was going to have to sit on the bathroom of the share commercial kitchen. And it was <laughs> very complicated. So fortunately I started just after um, I stopped feeding my daughter breast milk. It was a lot of work. I had to give my husband so much credit. He has been my number one cheerleader for, I mean, since we met really, but with every kind of leap in my career that I've taken, he has been behind me a hundred percent. And, you know, when I was, I, I hesitated to, to leave the big law firm to join um, the Alinea group and talk because, you know, it was just a really shocking change. And he was like, Emily, if you want to do it, I think you are crazy not to take this opportunity. It's, you know, it is the dream job for you. And it, is like a once in a lifetime thing, you should seize it. And so I did. And then same with Evergreen, which is seemingly, again, a totally crazy idea, a lawyer wanting to make frozen waffles. But he has, he has tasted probably thousands of my waffles. At this <laughs> and he was like, you know, I think you've got something really good. And this you're really excited about it. And I think you should, I think you should chase this dream. So, you know, he has been such a great partner in, in helping me make it work with, you know, having my own company and having a company baby and a human baby at the same time. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's great. And we all need that support. I'm so glad that he provided that in such an authentic way and, and was there for you. What made you come up with the name Evergreen? 
Evergreen has a lot of meanings to me. First, I love that green is in the name. You know, we flavor all of our waffles with just fruits, vegetables, nuts, and spices. So I like that it, you know, evokes that there's some freshness in there. I also think it's kind of fun, you know, like the evergreen tree stays green and vibrant through the frozen months. And it's a frozen product that has all these fresh ingredients in it. So I thought that was fun. But the serious meaning and one that's really important to me, you know, evergreen is something that's everlasting, never ends. And for me, I think of evergreen kind of as the anti-trend brand, right? I don't personally subscribe to fad diets. Many people do, and that is totally fine in their choice. But, you know, I think history shows, if you look back at the many fads that have come and gone over the years that, you know, at one point we thought low fat was really good for you. And now that's no longer what people think is good for you. And so I want Evergreen to be a brand that is not focused on a fad that is really just made up of these wholesome, nutritiously dense ingredients that have kind of stood the test of time over over decades of, of fads. They don't they don't come and go like trends. Right. Absolutely. I love that. For another, you know, budding entrepreneur who's listening, what steps should they take? That is a really good question. Like I said, I started playing not so seriously with recipes in my house. I had a really good idea of what the waffles needed to be. You know, at the end of the day, these were waffles that I wanted to give my own family. So I wanted every ingredient to be either have a nutritional benefit or have a, you know, functional necessity. Every flavor has just eight base ingredients. You know, there it's whole grain flour, baking soda, which is an example of a, a functional necessity, salt, water, honey, egg, almond, and avocado oil, which is another functional necessity, but, but we were very thoughtful about what to use as, you know, the spray to decrease sticking. We chose avocado oil over like a canola oil for the benefits. You know, it was really important to me that I didn't have any quote unquote natural flavors and we didn't have any artificial flavors. Every ingredient had to be nutritionally dense or have a functional necessity. So all of our flavors are just fruits, vegetables, nuts, and spices. Once I had the recipes down, then it was kind of like a, a honestly, just a hustle because I it was a completely new industry. I didn't really know the next steps. I did know that I had sat on a panel a few years earlier in my capacity as a food lawyer. Uh, it was at Northwestern. It was a joint uh, event between Northwestern Law School and Kellogg Business School, which is Northwestern's business school. And one of the other people sitting on the panel had her had created a bar. And I found myself the whole time thinking, like, she's so much more interesting to listen to than I <laughs> should have been assigned at the time that I that I was going to head in this direction. But I got her contact information and reached out to her afterwards, you know, once I had started down this path and asked her, who makes your packaging? How do you go about getting packaging made? And she told me who her designers were, and those became my designers. So I called them up and they started the design work and they were really amazing partners. They do all food design. So they, you know, helped me understand the regulations uh, that govern food packaging. Also definitely helpful to have a legal background in that regard. And then from there, you know, the little thing I knew about the food industry is that usually food companies have manufacturers make them for you. So again, I just picked up the phone and I started calling people. And as I said earlier, that ended in a dead end and I knew I was going to have to make them myself. So 
I started researching shared commercial kitchens in Chicago. Like I said, it was just a hustle. Like I figured things out as I went and, and I ended up here. Oh, that's wonderful. Have you done any fundraising or pitch to investors? No. So I raised a little bit of money from friends and family. You know, I will say if and when that time comes, again, I feel lucky that I have the legal background that I do. And in particular, being a lawyer in a tech startup, because while we were at talk, we did fundraising rounds. And so I've, I'm very familiar with that process. So hopefully it will be easier. Yes, yes, absolutely. Congratulations on Whole Foods. Thank you. That is just a really incredible retailer to bag uh, for, especially for a startup or for any brand. So tell us how that transpired. I took the first batch of waffles that I made in that shared commercial kitchen to my favorite corner market in Chicago. And I marched in there with a bag full of my waffles and then another bag with my household toaster and a container of maple syrup and paper plates and plastic utensils. I walked in there and basically said, hi, I make frozen waffles. And as somebody who shops here, I think they would be a great fit. And so they invited me back and I toasted them up some waffles and they tried them and they ended up buying them on the spot. And that was my very first sale, which was very exciting. And I think then gave me the confidence to reach out as my second sale to Whole Foods. So, you know, within a month of starting to produce my waffles, I applied to Whole Foods to be a local vendor. You know, somewhat to my surprise, they accepted me. And I found out in October of 2019 that I had been accepted to be a local vendor. They asked me how many stores I wanted to launch in. And I asked how many stores were in Illinois. And they said 28. And I said, sounds great. And immediately picked up the phone and started calling back the co-packers who had all said, call back when you have customers. And it's amazing how much easier it is to find a manufacturing partner when Whole Foods is a customer. And so I was able to find a co-packer who would work with me and started working with them in January, late January of this year. And we launched in Whole Foods the second week of March of this year, which is an odd time to launch a product to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any hacks that you have kind of conjured up during this time? You know, we've always fed our daughter what we eat. My daughter's name is Riley. We've never had Riley food and us food. You know, if we're having tacos, we might have to deconstruct the taco for her, but she's a pretty good eater. She has her bad days, but all in all, she's a pretty good eater. You know, she likes spicy food. She likes she loves sour pickles. She likes kind of all ends of the spectrum. She loves spinach. Spinach might be her favorite food. I feel so lucky, but I think maybe it has something to do with the fact that we just put everything in front of her from, from as soon as she started eating solids. That's so smart. And that's really, really good advice. I feel like you can develop their palate. If you just introduce things to them, you don't have to puree everything because Later on, they are going to, you know, understand textures and a variety of flavors. And so that's really, really great advice. They're not always going to like it the first time. And that doesn't mean that they're not going to like it forever. And so, you know, giving it to them. And one of those times they might just love it. Okay. I always ask the same parting questions of my guests and I love to hear what they have to say. So uh, my first is a mom sense moment that you've had. And by that, I mean a time where you trusted your um, mother's own intuition. As a lawyer, I really like a plan. I really like books. 
I really like a list of rules. So prior to having our daughter, you know, I read everything. I knew all the quote unquote best practices. And then we had our daughter and that all just flew out the window. I had wanted to put her on a schedule of eating every three hours because I heard that's, you know, one schedule you can do. There's one school of thought that believes in that. And I'd had people that friends and family that had done that with their kids. And they're like, it was so nice to be on a schedule. I love a schedule. My daughter had was having nothing of it. She would get really hangry by around two hours. And I tried for a couple of days to hold her off to three hours. And it was just a disaster. And I realized at that moment, the most important thing for you to do, like stop looking at books, stop looking at blogs, stop looking at what other people are doing. Just listen to your kid. You will learn so much from just listening to your kid. We had a really tough time with breastfeeding. And I had so many people telling me, hang in there. It gets easier. It was really stressful on both me and my daughter. So I switched from breastfeeding to bottle feeding breast milk, sorry, pumping. And it was amazing that our worlds just changed and everybody was sleeping better, making that one little change that, that I was essentially kind of advised against doing. And it was, again, because I was paying attention to her, to my kid and what she needed, as opposed to listening to all the people around me who are giving me different bits of advice. Yes. Yes. It's so true. Let's not forget our quote of the day. Is there a quote that you live by? My parents have been using the pandemic to clean their house and go through like the many, many boxes of things that they saved for us over the years, which is so sweet of them, but there's just so many boxes. And so they brought over, they've been bringing over one box a week of my stuff. Uh, and it's now slowly piling up in my home. Um, <laughs> they brought over, I found my high school yearbook and it was actually the quote that I put in my high school yearbook, which is funny because it's a quote that I still live by today. It's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. And your listeners can't see me, but I'm five, three on a good day. Okay. <laughs> that is not exactly the height you want to be when you're a competitive swimmer, where height is pretty important and a pretty big, mm. and, you know, I was often told by people that I would never be that good because I was too small. And I took that as a challenge to instead make up for what I didn't have in my genes uh, with hard work. That took me pretty far in athletics, and I apply that mentality to really everything I do outside of the athletic arena as well. Yes, I couldn't agree with you more on that. It's now time for Mom Hall, when we share products we love. This is a segment where you can share a product that you are absolutely loving, and it could be in really any vertical. So... These days, my favorite products are those products that make my life easier and specifically that enable me to live, you know, a healthy, well-rounded lifestyle without taking too much time. So I would say two products fall into this category. One, my Peloton, which is truly a mom's best friend because you can, you know, I have it in my basement. I run down, I can do a sometimes even a 15 minute workout and it's a really good sweat and I feel great about getting that in and my mind feels clear and I can continue on with my day. The other is my instant pot, which 
you're nodding. I don't know if you have. Yes, I do. I do. Yep. You're perfect example. Earlier this week, I was dead set. I was going to make these shredded chicken tacos. You know, I defrosted the chicken and I had all the ingredients out on the counter and it was a slow cooker recipe. So it was going to take four hours. And instead of making that recipe that day, I ended up running all over Chicago, finding I had to buy dry ice. And then I had to buy some of my waffles from Whole Foods. And then I had to (laughs) get them shipped out of a special FedEx location that accepts packages with dried ice. Needless to say, I did not make the shredded chicken tacos. Instead, I got home and I threw them in the Instant Pot and I cooked them for eight minutes. And it was the exact same outcome and it was delicious. And my family had to <laughs> that day and like the following days. Hashtag um, mom win. Yes, hashtag mom win. But seriously, I mean, the Instant Pot, it blows my mind how fast it cooks things and how delicious and tender the proteins are if you're using protein. So highly recommend. Yes, yes. Lastly, where can you know my listeners find you and Evergreen? Yeah. So Evergreen, you can find at Whole Foods um, in the Midwest. We're in 46 Whole Foods across the Midwest now. And if you're not in the Midwest, you can find Evergreen online. We ship nationwide on dry ice. If you go to www.eatevergreen.com. And you can find us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Eat Evergreen. And if you want ideas for how to prepare your waffles, we have a lot of fun on our Instagram page, making them in all sorts of creative ways from savory to sweet. So check us out there. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Emily. Isn't she so dynamic? It's incredible to see all that she's achieved in her life and in her career. And now she's helping parents problem solve and making breakfast fun again. Be sure to use my code MOMSENSE20, M-O-M-S-E-N-S-E 20, to receive 20% off your order. And the website is eatevergreen.com. Enjoy your yummy waffles any time of day. I know I am. As always, be sure to follow me at Kanika Chada Gupta, and you can check out all the new upcoming episodes that I have, my IG lives. I'm pretty active on Instagram, and you can also follow me on Twitter with the same handle, at Kanika Chada Gupta. If you haven't already, definitely subscribe to the show wherever you listen, hopefully on Good Pods now, and leave me a review. Those really help, and I feel like it just gives uh, new listeners a chance to understand what my show is all about. On Good Pods, you can easily share your favorite podcast episodes with your friends and um, see what theirs are and share comments. And so it's, it's honestly a great way to create a podcast network and socialize uh, right from your phone. Be sure to follow me on my Instagram at Kanika Chata Gupta and Twitter, same handle at Kanika Chata Gupta and slide into my DMs. I love reading your messages and writing back to you and you know, getting the relationships going offline. I am so thankful to you, my tribe, for listening. Now remember, always trust your mom sense. Stay strong, super mamas. See you next time. That's total mom sense.